I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. Welcome to the river. Uh, if, you, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Gerald. I'm the pastor around here, and so uh, I want to say a very special welcome to you all. Welcome to our online guests who are checking in, and uh, we're thankful for all that God has as a part of our church. We are starting a new series today talking all about the power of thanks and why this is something that we need to be aware of, why we need to be people who put thanksgiving in the forefront of our lives. And uh, originally, you know, those of you who will call this place home, you realize we had an extended series on communion. That wasn't the plan. Actually, my plan was to start our Thanksgiving talk last week during Halloween, but, um, but that got uh, sidelined, but that's okay because thankfully, because of it being on a different day, I got to experience some different things that I can share with you. Most importantly, uh, we were a, a part of the downtown trick-or-treating as a church. And so we had, uh, if you didn't see the beautiful pictures of me and my family standing outside uh, giving away candy, it was a lot of fun. But it reminded me of something very important. People aren't apt to say thank you. Like, it's not something inbred. I, I can't tell you, I, maybe I should have had my clicker out there and counted, how many parents had to look at their kids and say, what do you say? What do you say? And they're looking up at us, trick or treat? <laughs> I mean, like, they're, they're, they're trying to prod their kids to say thank you. you know, and, and so, I mean, they were good parents, right? I mean, they, they wanted to teach their children the power of thanks. And, and so it just reinforced in me the idea that this isn't something that is just a natural thing. None of us naturally are inclined to thanksgiving. None of us are naturally inclined just to jump out and say thank you whenever someone hands us something. If you are that type of person right now, I would wager you had a mom or a dad that put that in you. That you, you didn't get your food unless you said please. You didn't get um, away with getting something without saying thank you. And the thing is, as we look at the Bible, we recognize this is a, a huge part of the biblical story, that we are expected to be people of thanksgiving. Because I think God recognized it's so easy for us to take all of his blessings for granted. Another thing is to recognize that I believe God hardwired us for this. Like, if you're not a Christian and you're here in this room and you don't believe in God, that's great. We are glad that you're here. We're glad that you're checking us out online. I understand that not everyone believes in the Bible. But as we're going to see through this series, that it doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not. The power of thanks can transform you. Whether you direct your thanks towards God or not, I'll put that in your hands. But I think what you're going to see is that this is powerful. This isn't just a churchy thing. This is a human nature thing. That when we learn this power, it transforms us. It transforms our families. It transforms our office spaces, our schools. 
It transforms our community when we learn the power of just saying thank you. And so today, I want to set the bar really high. And our message title today is In All Things. Because that's what we're instructed in the Bible, is that we are to give thanksgiving in all things. And so it wasn't ever designed to be a day that we put on a calendar where we overeat and watch the lions lose again. I mean, that, that's not what it was designed to be. It, it was designed to be an attitude, a spirit, a lifestyle. And so I want to read this small passage to a small congregation. Oh, actually, I don't know how big the congregation was. It was a congregation to a community called Thessalonica. It was one of the churches that Paul, the apostle, had helped to create, had helped to instruct, and he was writing them, giving them different instructions on different things. Most importantly, he was helping them recognize that Jesus had not come back yet because there was all these false teachings going on. And, and the reason why people were concerned, life had gotten really hard. It had become very difficult to be a Christian because if you were a Jew and a Christian, the Jews didn't want you associating with them any longer. And so if you were Jewish and you became a Christian, you lost not only your friendship, you lost your identity, you lost connection. And so there was all of this disconnect because of that. On top of that, if you were a pagan and you became a Christian, there was a lot of people attacking you. Why, why aren't you following our traditions? Why aren't you a part of our festivals, our get-togethers? Get and so there was a lot of people who were coming down on the Christian church. And people began to teach well, here's the truth. You've missed it. Jesus has already come back. And you're just stuck. It, it, it's no bother worshiping Jesus anymore. He's, he's already taken his church and he's gone. And so this, this book, in part, was a part of that. And, and if you want to read the whole book, this is my weekly plug, read the Bible. It's really good. Um, if you read the book of First uh, Thessalonians, you'll see him build that progression. And then at the end, he gives them a couple of quick instructions that, okay, now that you have this confidence that you can continue to trust in Christ, here's some things to do to live practically with that knowledge. And so that's what we're going to look at right now, th these practical tips. And that's what I'm saying. Whether you believe in the Bible or not, these are good tips to live by. And so um, I want to invite you to stand as we read this. We, we like to honor God's Word, so we're going to stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 14 through 18. Again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 14 through 18. I'll be reading today out of the New Living Translation. And this is how it reads. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Let me pray for us. 
Jesus, I recognize that thanksgiving is not always our immediate response. But I pray today that as we spend time in your word, that we would renew our commitment to be people of thanksgiving. I pray that as we trust in you, as we lean on you, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate these words as we've already acknowledged this morning. We are dependent upon your power. We are dependent upon your ability to teach us these things. And so I pray that you would open our hearts, you would open our ears, you would open our minds to receive everything you have for us this morning. That each one of us could walk away knowing that we have heard from you and that our lives would be different because of it. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you so much for what you do. And we pray these things in your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Well, as you're finding your seat, why don't you wave to a person or two. Just let them know you're excited to be worshiping with them this morning. If you're online, uh, send us a emoji or something. Let us know you're there. If you're upstairs, can somebody run my water down? I, fr- I left it up. It's up on the top. Up top. Right behind you. Thank you, Mark. You're on it. Thank you. I don't know. I, I, I'm so thankful for people like this. That, this is awesome. This, this, is, is, this gets to be my opportunity. Look at Pete. Pete's the one on top of it. Thank you, Pete. Awesome, awesome. I'm thankful that I don't have to be parched for the rest of this message. Awesome. So, um, we're, we're looking at this idea of being thankful. And it's interesting. Again, these are Paul's final words to the Thessalonians. That he, he's basically saying, here, here's some final instructions. I, I've given you groundwork. I've given you doctrine. I've helped you understand. Now, here's some very practical tips. And the first few kind of seem pretty simple, pretty self-evident. Don't let people be lazy. That, that, that sounds like a pretty good rule of thumb, right? Uh, encourage people who are timid. If people are, are timid about their faith, help them learn how to share it more effectively. Take care of people are weak. I mean, that, that's, that should be a huge thing. Don't pay back evil with evil. But then he gets to these next few, and they almost seem impossible. He, he says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. And that seems a little bit of a called order. That seems like a pretty big thing to ask, but it's what he asks. And so if you want to be someone who understands what it is to be thankful, if you want to understand what it is, not only do you need the Thanksgiving turkey, I think you need the vitamins that come alongside of it. So we're going to talk about the B vitamins today. We're going to talk about the B vitamins that you're going to need if you want to be a person who gives thanks in all things. The first thing that we see here in this impossible list is be joyful. The first thing you need to be, the first B vitamin you need to take is you need to be joyful. That you would allow your life to be a life of joy. And what's amazing to me is that what he's telling you, what he's commanding us is to exhibit an emotion. I mean, he he very specifically says, always be joyful. And if you're like me, that feels kind of impossible. 
I go through things, I go through circumstances, and they don't spark joy in my life all the time. And so it's interesting, though, when you look at the Greek word, those of you who know me, who are part of this church, you understand I like the Greek, I like to dig in. Uh, That word always, when you go to the Greek, it has a very fascinating meaning. You know what it means? Always. Always. That, that you are always supposed to be joyful. And so how can Paul command an emotion? I think because joy here is more than an emotion. Joy here is a choice to say, I'm not going to let the circumstances dictate my mood. It's saying that I'm going to say no to the temptation to let what's happening right now rob me of my confidence in who Christ is and what he can do in this moment. It's saying that I'm going to be someone who chooses joy. And now this is, this is not to say you need to be one of those people who, you know, some, someone steps on your toe and immediately you're like, well, bless God, I'm so thankful that I have a broken toe right now. It's so wonderful. Yeah, the pain is throbbing, but I'm trusting in Jesus. I mean, that, maybe you need to be that kind of, I don't know. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate for that necessarily. I'm not saying that when he's saying always be joyful, it's an expectation that you're supposed to just jump up immediately. But I think it's that, idea of taking thoughts captive. It's the choice to say, in this moment, I can choose to be upset or I can choose to be joyful. I can choose to focus on what was done to me or I can choose to focus on a God who is faithful to take care of me. And and so that is the concept here when we talk about always being joyful. Now, there's a statement that's been attributed to Abraham Lincoln, uh, there's conflict over whether or not he really said it, but it was really good, so I'm going to give him credit anyway, because within 50 years of his life, people were saying, well, you know how Abraham Lincoln always said this, but one one of the things that they attribute to him is this statement, most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. So, I mean, whether good old Mr. Lincoln said this or not, it's still worth paying attention to. Most people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. That it it is a choice. And again, it it doesn't have to be a reality exclusion choice. That that you're just denying everything bad that's happening and and you're you're choosing to be positive because that's what you're supposed to be and you're not supposed to acknowledge the bad stuff. That's not what this is about. This is just saying, I'm not going to be someone who allows negativity to dominate me. I'm going to be someone who says, I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to find the good. I'm going to look for the silver lining. And maybe I can't rejoice in it right now, but I'm going to find a way. A few years back, we went through the book of Philippians, and it's powerful how often Paul is commanding that church in the midst of a difficult situation while he's in prison to always have joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. It's a command that we are looking to praise God even in the difficult circumstances, looking to be a people of joy. 
The next B vitamin we need to put in our system if we want to make sure that we are people of thanksgiving is we need to be praying. That the typical response when something difficult happens to us is that we, we complain. And then we complain some more. And then we find out who hasn't heard about it yet and we complain to them. And then we get on Facebook and then we complain some more, right? I mean, it's just... That, that, that's the default. But we are commanded to be people of prayer. As a matter of fact, Paul tells the Thessalonians, never stop praying. In that word never, it has a very interesting meaning in the Greek. You know what it means? No, you guys are smart, man. Have you been studying the Greek this week too? I'm so excited. Yeah, it means never. And, and now... Here's one of the parts that makes it a little bit difficult. Is like, what does that mean? I mean, I'm looking around the room. I don't see a lot of people praying. Maybe you should be. I need your prayers right now. But, but I mean, it, it, it's, not, it's not something that is just the default that we're praying all the time. I love a story, uh, again, not one I'm sure is true or not, but there is a great evangelist within the Assemblies of God named Smith Wigglesworth. This guy did amazing things. Like, Book of Acts kind of stuff. And, and someone pulled him aside one time and asked him, Brother Wigglesworth, how often do you pray? And he said, like at a time, like when you stop to pray, how, how often do you, how long do you pray? Was the question. He says, about five minutes. And the guy was like, what? This, you, this great man of faith, you only pray five minutes at a time? He's like, yeah, but I never go five minutes without praying. So... This is what it's talking about, that we need to be people who are constantly having a disposition towards prayer. That we're going through our lives looking for reasons to praise God. We're going through our lives looking for ways in which we can say, God, thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. That, that we are people who are just choosing to go to God with all these things. When it's negative, saying, God, help me. Right now, I don't feel like rejoicing. Help me. Give me strength. And so when he's saying never stop praying, it's not that we, okay, I can't talk to you right now, I'm, eating, I, I'm praying right now. I, I, can't, I can't eat dinner, I'm praying right now. He's not saying this has to be something that you're doing 24-7 all the time. Whenever you're awake, you're always praying. But that we never stop the practice. That, that we look for reasons and ways to pray at all times and in all seasons. And then the last thing, the last B vitamin that I want to put into your system this Thanksgiving is that you would be thankful. That you would be thankful. And again, Paul makes a very controversial statement, a very difficult statement to hold on to. In verse 18, he says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And as I was studying the Greek, I looked at that word all. And you want to guess what all means? All. Man, man. I need to get you all the Greek uh, lexicons and stuff. You guys are amazing. So yeah, that, all means all. And that's all that all means. He's saying be thankful in all circumstances. And so when we look at that, we go, how? How do we do that? And and being a little more serious, it's interesting when you do look at the Greek here, that word, 
thankful, when he says be thankful, the act of being thankful, that is the Greek word eucristo, which if you're a part of any, you know, denominations where you've done communion and it's called the Eucharist, it's this word, eucristo. And they use that word because it is the same word that Jesus is said to have used, or the, the action when it says Jesus took the bread and he took the cup and he gave thanks. We spent the last three weeks looking at communion, looking at the beauty of it, looking at the power behind it. We recognize that when Jesus took the bread and he took the cup, it was in full awareness of what was about to take place. The suffering he was about to go through. And yet he lifted up these elements and he thanked God. If Jesus can thank God in that moment, we have no excuses. We need to be people who say, I'm going to remember what Christ has done. I'm going to remember what he lived for me to do. And this, this is the powerful thing, that, that it's something that it has the ability to transform the circumstances you're in. It doesn't necessarily mean everything perfect, but it begins to change who you are in the midst of your circumstances. I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, the story of Corey Ten Boom. Uh, powerful story. Uh, she was a Dutch Christian. If you haven't read her book, it's called The Hiding Place. And she was a Dutch Christian whose her parents and her sister helped to hide Jews because they were Dutch Christians and they didn't believe in what was happening in the midst of Nazi Germany. And so they were hiding Jews in their home and they were caught. And so they suffered the same fate. They got shipped off to a concentration camp. And at some point during that period, Corey and her sister Betsy were complaining. They were like, we were trying to do what God told us to do. We were trying to live the life God had told us to live. We were, we were shielding people from death. We were shielding people from evil. And now we're here in the midst of all of this. But then they remembered that one of the last things they had read was 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which says, be thankful in all circumstances. And so they challenged each other, what can we be thankful for right here? And so they started going through a few different lists. And one of the things that Betsy, Corey's sister, brought up is that she was thankful for the fleas. You know, I don't know how many of you have ever seen fleas, but it doesn't feel like something you want to be thankful for. I mean, we, we recently had a potted plant of ours that we've had for a while all of a sudden just have these gnats grow out of it for no good reason. Like, I was not thankful for that as well. I was like, how do we get this thing out of our house as fast as possible? Like, it was just like, oh, like, it's awful. But, but, but here, Betsy is praying and giving thanks for the fleas. And Corey's like, that's ridiculous. Why, why would you thank God for fleas? But after they got done, they realized because their room that they were living in was infested with fleas, the guards refused to come in. 
So it meant they got to have special time in prayer, special time in the word that other people didn't get because their dwelling was infested with fleas. Now, again, I recognize that that's, that's pretty extreme. But it just gives us a clue that we can do this in, in all circumstances. And, I mean, the crazy part about it is that when we look at this, it seems illogical. It seems like it's so weird to want to be thankful in all circumstances. The Bible tells us this is what we're to do. And I believe the Bible tells us to do it because God knows how he made us. And science is just now starting to figure it out. As a matter of fact, there have been amazing studies that have come out in the last 10, 15 years on the power of thankfulness. It doesn't even have to be religious thankfulness. This is what I'm saying. This works whether you believe in God or not. I think it's more powerful when you recognize who's given you all these blessings, but Here's a couple, it's a short list. I mean, there, there's a lot more, but I just wanted, I didn't want to bore you with a bunch of different things. But, you know, one of the things it does, if you choose to be someone who's thankful, it improves your mood. It rewires your brain, literally. If you choose to daily take time and thank God for something, it literally rewires your brain. Our brains are designed to pay attention to negativity. Have you noticed that? Have you picked up... Your cell phone recently? Have you, have you looked at the news? And, I mean, and, and the news cycle recognizes that. That's why it's never like, okay, this kind of sort of happened. This terrible thing is going to take over the world. You know, I mean, it's just like every news article is just bombarding us with this thing in our own brain that tells us we're supposed to be paying attention to the negative. But when we actually take time and daily give thanks it begins to rewire our brains. It becomes easy, easier for us. Like, they've actually studied this out with neuroscience and, like, looked at it. You begin to create new neural pathways that makes it easier for you and makes you more pleasant because of the way it's literally rewiring your brain. It fights depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. And probably my favorite one, it makes you more attractive. So... If you're looking for a date here in this room, start being thankful. You might look a little better to potential candidates. So just, just throwing that part out there. So and what was interesting, as I, as I was doing this research, secular scientists are pointing to how powerful this is. And one of them went on to say something to the effect of, so much of our time is spent pursuing the things we don't currently have. And this is not... A Christian, this is a secular scientist saying so much of what we do and what we focus our brain on is spent on what we don't have. But gratitude reverses our priorities and helps us to appreciate the people and the things that we do have. And that's why if you get nothing else out of this sermon, I want you to recognize that every day Thanksgiving is, a, is God's will for you. It's God's will for you to make every day Thanksgiving. Because if we're supposed to always be joyful, if we're supposed to always be praying, if we're supposed to always be thankful, then every day needs to be Thanksgiving. So we got turkey and gravy in the back. No, I'm kidding. But because <laughs> obviously it's so much more than that. But this is God's will. I mean, Paul said as much. This is God's will for you who call upon Christ. 
that you are people who are given to thanksgiving continually. And so, one of the big things out there right now are challenges, right? Like, everyone's got a very special challenge that you're supposed to sign up on Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever, or, you know, watch their t- TikTok video and then and recreate their challenge. Well, I've got a challenge for you today. I've got the 21-day Thanksgiving challenge. And again, this has nothing to do with how much cranberry sauce you can eat at one sitting or, or you know, how long you can fight off tryptophan after you eat too much turkey or, or anything like that. Th- this is about choosing to believe what God says and what science is showing us, rewiring our brains for thankfulness. And so what I want to encourage you to do through this challenge, you can, you can start whatever day. You pick your day. Today would be a great day. I'm just saying. But if you can't start today, maybe tomorrow or sometime. It doesn't have to be continuous with anyone else. But pick a day to say, this is the day I'm going to start. And once you pick that day, mark off 21 days on your calendar, and then weekly send at least one thank you note. Just write down, and I mean, don't email, don't, I mean, don't, te- don't text. You can do that too. But I want you to actually physically pull out pen and paper and put something in the mail because we need to give job security to our mailmen. Amen, Mark? No, but, but no. Because but there, there's something powerful about getting something in the mail. And think of what you can do to brighten someone's life if you would just put something in the mail and just say thank you. It's interesting, George H.W. Bush, the first George Bush in, in office, he had a daily practice of writing thank you notes. And he wrote some of the most obscure ones. Like one time, he actually wrote to Frito-Lays, and his note said, sincere thanks for all those pork rinds. Not something I would necessarily think, but uh, in, in another occasion, we just recently got to watch our nephew graduate from the Naval Academy, and they were doing all of these different things to kind of showcase, and they were doing the flipping of the guns, and right in the middle of the show, the main star who's like doing all these tricks drops his gun right on the floor, and we're like, oh. I mean, it's terrible you're doing that in front of all this audience. One time, someone did that exact same thing right in front of the president. Like, he, he was at a Marine Corps uh, drill, and the guy dropped his gun right in front of the president and the first lady. And so the president made it an effort to write him, and he wrote in his thank you note, specifically to the guy who dropped his gun, remember, I want to thank you and the others in the platoon for a super performance. Please thank all involved in the drill. I mean... As commander-in-chief, he could have said, what are you doing? Why didn't, I mean, like, he could have got all, but he wrote this guy a thank you letter because he recognized that he was doing this out of service. So weekly, write at least one thank you letter. Second part of the challenge is I want you to write down at least one thing that you are thankful for each day. You can choose more than one, and same thing with the writing of the letters. You can choose more than one. But at least daily, write down at least one thing and actually write it down. Don't speak it into your phone. Don't don't type it on your computer. Actually write it down because the science is there to back it up. When you actually write it in something physical, that's what begins to change your brain chemistry. Your, Your brain actually has to slow down 
when you write things down. We're actually hardwired that when we start writing things down, our brain says this is important. So even if you don't keep the piece of paper, you throw it away at the end of the day, pull out a piece of paper and write down one thing you're thankful for each day for 21 days. See if it doesn't begin to change a little bit in you. And then the other thing that the science says is you've got to keep doing it. I'm, I'm giving you a 21-day to start the habit. But they say once you stop doing it, it actually, you kind of go back to being your own selfish, self-centered person. Well, let's not do that. Let's be people who say we're going we're gonna to continue this out. And then the bonus is this. I want you to text me at least one thing from your list. Or, or make up something new. Maybe you want to... Uh, text me something you love about the river. That'd be awesome. I, I'd love to hear what you're thankful for uh, for this church. But if nothing else, text me um, one of those things to that phone number. And here's the deal. I, I want to incentivize you. Today, anyone who fills out a digital connect card, so you do that by texting river to that phone number up there. So if you haven't done that already, do that. And so everyone who's a part of our service who texts in their digital connect card, I'm going to put you in a drawing today and give away a ticket to our Christmas special with The Chosen. And so I'm going to give away one of those every Sunday. And then every Saturday, I'm going to give away one to someone who texted in something they were thankful for. So every week, you got two chances to be thankful for a church that wants to give you free movie tickets. So, um, so yeah, so please do it not just for the tickets, obviously. Let's do this because we want to be people who recognize the power of thanks. That we are people who say, this changes the game. So let's do that. Let's live that way. And so I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And we're going to take some more time and praise God. Recognize that, you know, for some of you, you may need to leave right now. But I want to encourage you. Don't leave without exercising what we've just learned. Let's take some time and thank God for what he's doing. Let's thank him for his presence, for the power of the Holy Spirit that's in this room, for the access we have to him. And so we're, we're going to sing a couple of songs, but I want to pray for us first. As a matter of fact, there might be some of you in this room or some of you watching online, you don't know Christ. You haven't made that decision to follow him. Or maybe you made that decision and you've just chosen not to for a long time. I want to give you an opportunity right now to make that decision. And so as we bow our heads, as we, as we spend some time praying for people who are far from God, if that's you and you recognize I need Christ in my life, I pray that you would submit your life to him. And you can do that very simply. You can pray this simple prayer. You don't have to use my words, but you can. You don't have to say this out loud. You can say it in the quietness of your heart. Because God, God hears you and God, God sees you. But I encourage you to pray something simple like this. Pray, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God rose you from the dead. I'm sorry for my sins, for my mistakes, 
for the life that I've been living. Thank you for your forgiveness. Today, I choose to follow you every day. Holy Spirit, fill me. Help me to live for Jesus every day. God, I thank you for this new life. Today, you have all of mine. As I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed a prayer like that, could you come talk with me? or come? We're going to have our prayer teams coming up here and in the corners in just a moment. If you need to pray for anything, including making that decision, come talk with one of them. Let them know. But again, if you need prayer for anything, find one of these people in one of the corners and, and let them pray with you. And for the rest of us, let's choose to be people of Thanksgiving. It starts today. Let's not wait for the turkey. Let's not wait for a special day on the calendar. Thanksgiving starts today. And let's go out choosing to be people of thanks every day in all situations, in all things. God bless you guys. Why don't we stand as we take some more time to worship our God?